think we need to lengthen the services <laughs> to be able to accom accommodate what God wants to do because he's God and there's greater things happening in our midst than we can actually begin to realize. Um, Albie came up to me as the service started in the worship. We hadn't seen she comes second service. And she said to me, there's a quietness. You know, the, the, the stilte voor die storm? You know, there's a quietness before the storm breaks. God says in his word, be still and know that I am God. It's a quietening that comes from you to speak to all the soul dimensions that keep you busy and keep you looking at everything that's going on. God says, speak to that that soul dimension, tell it to be quiet because I want to speak. When, when um, Elijah runs from Jezebel, he runs to a cave. And I'm not going to go into the wholeness of the story, but in the cave there are preceding stuff. In his case, the storm and the, and the, 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 the earthquake and the wind and everything that takes place. He says, but God was not in that. Somebody said one stage it was like God preparing and setting the stage for the still small voice. He, he did this like light show to get the attention of Elijah. And then he shows up in the still small voice and speaks. In what Albie's saying is there, there is a quietness that happens. Sometimes in a service you'll find that you get quiet. And in the quietness of the Spirit, God is preparing you for the breakthrough of revival. There's, there's something He wants to say. There's something He wants to download. So you become still, and, and in your spirit, in your spirit man, you become receptive to whatever He wants to download right now. And then you receive it, and that causes great breakthrough, great joy, great, great overcoming at, at what, what he brings. And I, 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 I firmly believe that this is a, an awesome day. Amen. Just close your eyes for a moment. Put your hand on your Bible. Say, thank you, Lord, that you give me eyes of seeing, ears of hearing, and a heart of understanding for what you want to speak this morning. May Dave be be, be the voice by the Spirit this morning into my life. Don't let him speak anything that is not of you, Father. Let it all be you this morning. Let it be your Spirit. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. What is the date today? the second of the seventh. So I did a little bit of my normal date thing. <laughs> On the sixth month and the seventh month, God says, now I know, I know that we don't have the Jewish Bible and the Jewish calendar, but for our sixth month and our seventh month, today I'm talking spiritually to you at the start of the seventh month. On the first of the seventh month, both in Nehemiah and in Ezra, you will see the name of the message is the what? The word. 
You know, Sean spoke about it last week. In Nehemiah and Ezra, they bring the word out on the first day of the seventh month. They build a platform for Ezra and all the governors and all the people to stand upon the platform. They bring the law out and they open it before the people and they start to read the word, the law, in front of the people. And the people come into a massive repentance right there and right then. And God brings restoration to Israel because of the word. It's at the same time that Haggai writes in Haggai 2, and he says, the festival of booths, that they came out of Egypt and dwelt in the wilderness, so there was a feast installed, that they would remember the time they spent in the wilderness in booths, which is an Old Testament feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. But Jesus is the fulfillment of every feast, for on the last day of the feast, Jesus stands at the top of the stairs on the eighth day. He stands at the top of the stairs, and there's a difference in this festival's celebration when that day breaks, because every other day for seven days, water was brought to the top of the stairs and poured out down the stairs of the temple. But on the eighth day, Jesus stands, comes at the, to the, into the feast unexpectedly, stands and interrupts the feast, stands at the top of the stairs, and he says to them, any man that thirst, come unto me. As it is written, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit, which had not yet been poured out, for Jesus was not yet glorified. Help me, somebody. Help me. The Holy Spirit has come to dwell in us. We no longer dwell in booths. We no longer um, celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles because Jesus has come to tabernacle in you and me. We are the completion of that feast in Christ. He now dwells in us. Yeah. I sent the Holy Spirit. People, I don't want to critic, be critical this morning, but a church that will not make room for the speaking of tongues, that will not make room for the flow of the Spirit because they are what they call seeker-sensitive church, run from it because when Paul gets to um, Ephesus, he comes to the people of Ephesus, he says, the first question he asked, it's years after the day of Pentecost. He said, did you receive the Spirit when you came to know? They said, we did not even know that there was a Holy Spirit. He said, with which baptism? Come on, come on, come on. There are, there's a baptism that's important. And there's a spirit that's important. If Paul finds it necessary to ask those questions before he's asked any other question, like Corey came this morning, he said, it's the blood and the Spirit. So this morning on this seventh month, at the beginning of the month, by the way, it talks about the first day and the second day, and I think in Ezra, he said the second day after they'd read the word the first day, the second day the people and the elders came to him and said, explain to us what you read to us yesterday. Explain the word. And I believe that it's symbolic that 
I should talk about that, not planning it, but having Sean speak about it last week and deciding to continue with it this week as the entrance to my message that the Word is receiving priority right now in the church. We have to raise it to its legal level. We have to raise it to its preeminence. We have to bring the Word back in our midst to that it be God's Word to us. So I'm going to say something really controversial, but give me a chance to explain myself. This is not God's Word to you. <laughs> you go, oh! What did you just say? No, this is the Bible. But when the Spirit brings something to you and makes it alive to you, that is God's Word to you. Because the rest can just be letter. Second Corinthians 3 says, the letter kills, but the Spirit makes alive. You shall know the truth. And the truth that you know, that you have, shall set you free. And then he says in John 17, my word is truth. The Spirit upon the word makes it alive to you. And you might have known things for years, and then on a day the Spirit comes and brings something to you, and that remains for you a thing that God made alive to me, and I know that I know that I know that I know in my know God said through His Word, and it can never be removed from you. You know it. Maybe it's a word on healing. Maybe it's a word on finance. Maybe it's a word on family restoration. Maybe it's a word on forgiveness. But that moment... That becomes God's Word to you. That becomes living Word. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's go and have a look at two or three things that Sean said last week. He says about John 1 verse 14, he said there, Moses, the, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. We beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, we live in a time, and Sean said this, everybody has an opinion and a right and a truth. But what is the truth? What is the kingdom truth to you and me, where he is king of kings and lord of lords, a ruler who rules and reigns? And God, Sean spoke about ever since 2020, how God has been speaking. And I refer to the thing that God showed me while Rob was here, the resonance of an instrument like that in this room and someone playing 
in another part of the room the same instrument, this instrument will pick up the resonance of that instrument and they will come into agreement and it will start playing without anybody touching the string. Resonance with you and me is when someone stands up and starts to speak the truth, starts to speak a word, and your spirit tells you, I need to listen to that thing right now. That is what God is saying to me in the earth right now. So Jesus goes into the wilderness, but before he goes, he's baptized. And God speaks out of heaven. Say word. Say truth. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And for 40 days he meditates on that which has been spoken. And after 40 days the enemy comes when he is hungry. And he says to him, if you are the son of God. There are no ifs. God said, turn these stones into bread. I'm talking to you in the spirit right now. There's spirit moving this morning. I'm talking to you in the spirit. There are no ifs in your life about what God said to you. When he said to you, you're my child. When he said to you, I'll take you through. Even though you pass through the waters and I pass through the fire, there are no ifs. God is going to take you through. No matter how long it takes, no matter what it takes, God is going to take you through. Do not listen to the enemy's questioning of your existence, your calling, your breakthrough, your healing. Do not listen to the ifs. If you are the son of God, tell these stones, turn these stones... What is the answer? It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every preceding word, word that precedes, word that is alive, word that is living, every preceding word, that's what you will live by. So Abraham is an Isaac, and the Isaac he is given is a promise from God. And he had to apply word to get that because God said, I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham. And so forever and a day, Abraham is walking around introducing himself as father of many nations, father of many nations, father. And Sarah has changed her name to Sarai by God, and she's introducing herself as mother of princes, mother of princes. And the people in the city gates and wherever she goes and he goes, when they leave, they go, hmm, everything is not quite all right because she's been barren since birth and he's too old to have children. But they continue quoting and speaking God's word to their life. And because they continue speaking it, say speak it. You see, I cannot help you. Sean cannot help you. No one can help you with the promises you have unless you put it in your mouth and speak it. It has to be spoken. It has to be spoken. And so Abraham prophesies over himself the outcome. Say the outcome. It's right to talk about the problems in the world right now. It's right to address it according to the word. It's right to say what is going on because the highest authority 
is what God's Word says. It's right to talk about that stuff. But don't be distracted. Don't be distracted to get so deeply involved at looking at that problem that you forget to prophesy the outcome. What did God say about your life? What did God say about where you're going? That's what you have to speak. So years ago, about 30 years ago, I've been in ministry 35. I was standing preaching one day. I didn't know it was prophetic. And I said to the people, there's coming a time when your pastor will not be able to, for some unknown reason, I didn't know how to express it because I'd never seen pandemic and I'd never seen COVID. I said, there'll be a time when your pastor is not available to you. He cannot get to you. He will not be able to get to your house and pray for your sickness. That's when you're going to have to know how to trust God and pray for yourself. But I didn't know how to word it or to... I said, Dave, you're talking nonsense. I just said it because I wanted people to understand that there's a the responsibility to understand the Word, take the Word, speak the Word, and pray for themselves, become mature. And then came lockdown. Then came people stuck in hospital where no pastor can come. And all of a sudden... I understand the word that God gave me all those years ago. That there's a responsibility for you and me to take the word, to learn what it means for myself and to apply it for myself. Now there's a challenge on what the word says as against what the world says. And the responsibility once again falls on you and me to find out exactly what the Word says and to be able to say whenever confronted, but it is written. You are not going to be able to answer the critics on your opinion. You're not going to be able to answer their attacks by, by what you feel is logically correct. The only answer you will have at this point in time is, it is written. Because truth will forever trump lie. <laughs> and what's natural will always be natural. When I'm talking about natural, I'm talking about the nature of man and woman. What is natural will always be natural, and what is unnatural will always and forever be unnatural. There is no way that you can change that. Hmm. Men are now suddenly, all of a sudden, going to stop loving women. You've got a hope in Hades. Telephone call all the way from America. Pastor, what are you doing on the 16th of December? I said, why, son, do you want to get married? Pastor, you've got to marry me on the 16th of December. I found a woman in America. I love her to bits, and I want to marry her. You want to change that? I mean, not you, not you. Sorry, not you. But the people with the unnatural, 
want to change what is natural? Man's heart's desire for a woman, a woman's heart's desire for a man. You want to change that? You haven't got a hope. There is no way. Men are always going to love women and women men. And when you start telling them they can't, you better pass up. Ask Etienne, he loves Diane. I had to pick on someone that time. I want to I share something with you. I want to share something with you. It's probably, I'm, I said to the first, first service, I'm, I'm doing a, 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 those, those hanging ceilings. You know, they hang the wires, and then finally they put the aluminum blocks up, and then they hang the ceiling. Well, I've got that kind of sermon this morning, so please forgive me. It's going to be hanging a lot of wires, and then we'll get to the place. Listen to this. This might, might not have anything to do with anything, but I, I really feel to say it. It's a, it's a morning thing that this one guy sends to me every morning. And this one is two, two days, three days ago, ring, garment, and chain. Genesis 41, verse 42. Trust me, I'm going somewhere. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. Joseph, so, so this is the, that, that's Genesis 41, 42. Then this is the, 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 the morning meditation. Joseph was endowed with a ring and a garment and a chain to symbolize his power and authority in Egypt. When, he received the, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we are clothed with the newness of Christ. We receive the seal of the Spirit, and we function with the Spirit of grace. You see shadow and type? You cannot do away with the Old Testament because there are lessons entwined and woven in like a garment. And when you read those things, it speaks to you. Listen, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we're okay. This gives us power and authority not just to rule, but to serve in this world. Say serve. serve. Then it goes on to say, pray for the Spirit of Christ to clothe us with the nature of Christ. Pray that we would use the authority in the Spirit to serve. Pray for the Spirit of grace and supplication as we pray for one another. Okay, next morning, Genesis 41 verse 43. And he had him ride in the second chariot. This, this one's called second chariot. Say second chariot. second chariot. Which he had, and they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was second in charge over all of Egypt as authorized by Pharaoh. He did not have any, now listen, he did not have any intention to take over Egypt. My God, I hope you can hear something. He did not have any intention to take over Egypt, but to provide the solution for the crisis of the famine. You have been clothed with Christ. You have been filled with the Spirit. Jesus gave you the promise, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. Okay, so let's compare now. If that kind of authority and that kind of, of, of money 
and that kind of power? Think about it. Think about 2023 in South Africa and in America and in Europe. Think about it for a moment. The corrupt, the greed, the, the money grabbing. Think about the worldly spirit of when that kind of power and authority comes to people that they, in their nature they want to take over. If Joseph had Joseph was the second most powerful man in the world at that moment. He had the ring of Pharaoh. He ran Pharaoh's affairs, and it says he was second to Pharaoh only by the throne. But there was no corrupt bone in his body. There was no greedy attitude in him. He did not want to subvert Pharaoh's power, but he wanted to serve the world in the crisis it was facing. Okay, you got it. So let's take a jump into this present time. We are sons of God in the kingdom of God in this hour for a time such as this. We are second only to God by the fact that He is on the throne and He is King of kings and Lord of lords. But He's empowered us with everything we need to life and godliness. And we need to understand we've been called for a time such as this to meet the crisis as good stewards. I cannot have selfish intention. I cannot divert power. I cannot be a distraction right now. I have to point you to Christ. Discipleship is an awesome term. But unfortunately, discipleship has been, by the church or the, or the religious organization, and now they're discipling people unto themselves. That was never the term for discipleship, not to make people unto myself, but to make them disciples of Christ, to turn them to Jesus and encourage them and mature them to become true sons in the kingdom so that they can rule and reign in Christ Jesus, so the world can see a demonstration of the manifestation of Christ in the earth. Anything short of that is ultra-virus. It's out the door. If I have any private intention other than turning people to Christ. When this thing read, I went, wow, Jesus, wow, 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 wow. I have such a privileged position in Christ. Amen? So, let's do this. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 18. I haven't read anything yet, have I? Woo! This place is getting hot now. Sean said, you're hot now, I'm hot. Verse 19. Whoa, this is so powerful. <laughs> Maybe we should read 18. <laughs> Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall bind on earth, shall, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again I say to you, if two of you shall agree, say agree, on earth 
as touching anything, say anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three, look at the two verses are right next to each other. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Wow, man. Are you ready? Yes. No, Zachary. So this morning, I'm going to share with you something that, that, okay. So there is a natural realm. Say natural realm. Say in that natural realm, there is soulish thought. See, it's natural thought. Logic, okay, in that natural realm. All right? There is a heavenly realm in that God's thought is king. Let your kingdom, let your will be on earth as it already is in heaven. So God's calling me to, by his word, call that realm to override or become superimposed on this realm. When I get that realm to come down to this realm, then heaven starts to touch earth and things start to spark. Say two orbits. One down below and one up above. So where two or three gather in my name, there I am in their midst. So the moment I start come to agreement with my brother and sister and we're in agreement about something and we agree touching anything, the thing that happens is heaven orbit comes down or maybe we can do it this way, we start to rise up. Amen. Like worship does with us. Why do we worship before church? So we can get rid of all the gunk. And stop thinking about what happened yesterday Stop and start worshiping the King of Kings. What happens? I elevate my mind out of this realm into that realm and I start to worship Him. So when the two realms meet, something starts to happen. And God starts to manifest Himself where two people are when they are together. So what happens is this. It's okay to go out for coffee. And it's okay to sit and chat about motor cars. It's okay to be natural. You know, you shouldn't be so heavenly minded that you know earthly good. You know, Godsdienst. Weet what is Godsdienst? Religion. Is man-made God's service. It's for means of beslate whom God to dien. It's not relationship. It's God's service. Something that men made up and said, this will look, God's good, look, this will look good if we do it this way to serve God. This is ne never God's intention. God had a plan and he said, I want relationship with you. You'd come down into the garden in the cool of the day and walk with Adam. That's the relationship factor. So, 
we can go out for coffee. We're having a good time. The croissants are beautiful. They've got chocolate in. The butter is melted, and we've got the butter running down our lips, and we're going, mm, yo, just buy a lacquer. <laughs> Nothing wrong. But there's a moment when we start talking word because we're children of God. The moment we start talking word, you should actually take your phone out, put it down on the table, put it on record for voice because God is about to enter your atmosphere or you're about to enter His. And the things that are about to follow, they are super duper, super, super califragilistic expialidocious. They are awesome stuff that's about to be downloaded that you can say, oh man. That's why I end up phoning Etienne afterwards and say, what was that what you said there? And how you and put a few forget I work and on so on. All by quiet for oneself that we didn't record. But what is it? When we start to get into the word, we elevate ourselves into kingdom principle and suddenly we start becoming aware that he's in our midst and he starts to talk to us precious revelation that never before have we seen and we go oh my goodness hmm? so here's the thing <laughs> I'm sitting down the road here. This is one of the times that I can... I'm sitting down the road here in a coffee shop that used to be above the, the, the chemist. There at the circle, down top, huh? Was Friends Coffee Shop or something. It was on the top of the chemist. There was a circular there, maybe before your time. Anyway, so I'm sitting there with Pastor Andre Schroeder from Brazil. And we're talking the word and we're getting deeper have you, have you ever read this? Oh, wow, man. That that you've just said to me reminds me of this. Have you ever had that conversation? Says in Malachi, he said, and they testified of me, and where they testified of me, a book was opened in heaven, and record was made. That's how important this, this is. Church, wake up, wake up. It's time for you to enter into higher levels. I, I, I can't go for coffee with Cory for, for an hour. It never lasts an hour. It's always two or three. <laughs> and suddenly, Andre looks at me. I don't know how long it was. You know, Ezekiel says he was sitting at the river Chebo and he was caught up. He was still sitting there and they were going, Zeke, are you here? And he's going, he's caught up. His body is on the earth, but he's caught up. Same with Saul. He's on his way to Damascus to do things that are not in God's plan. Oh, I wish I could talk on sovereignty and, and own will right now, but don't, don't worry. And God in sovereignty visits Paul on the road. I, 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 I wonder if we could discern this morning how much free will was in Saul's, specifically Saul's bekeering. And how much sovereignty was involved because God shows up and the, 
brighter than the noonday sun, knocks Paul down on his back. I've never been able to find the horse that some people talk about, the horse called horse that knocked, he was knocked down off a horse. I can't find that horse. I've been through the whole of the New Testament. I can't find the horse. But anyway, that's how, that's how legend happens. He falls down. He writes about it. He says, I knew a man 14 years ago, whether he was in the spirit. That's how wow it was. Whether it was in the spirit or in the flesh, I do not know. But this I know. That man was caught up into the third heaven and heard words that are not lawful. In other words, not of the law spoken to him. Changed his life forever. Caught up in the midst of God. Right? Andre and I are talking about the things where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. And suddenly he says to me, do you see that? I said, yes, but what is it? And all of a sudden, the, it looks like slow-mo. You know, like the Matrix? Everybody's moving around like this. Oh, sir, here's your coffee. Still alive. And another person goes past and says, would you like to order something? These people are floating around us and we're going, whoa. We're in the right speed, but they're not. They're all slow. You see, the spirit is a speeded up thing. Oh, I'm sharing with you stuff to make you hungry this morning, to understand that you possess this very stuff on your bedside table right next to you in the Bible. The living word wants to download into you heaven. I said, what was that? That's why when the pastor says, come here, in the midst of a service like this, he says, come here quickly. You never move fast enough because I'm at a speed in the spirit and you're still sitting going, oh, this lacquer, but he's here. That's why when God speaks to Moses, it sounds like this, Moses. No, okay. <laughs> Just to help you understand by Job that God is operating at another speed. And when you enter into the Spirit, you're in the constant now. You are not in yesterday, you're not in today, and you're not tomorrow. You're in the now because God is yesterday, today, and forever the same. So I can step back in a moment and tell them where they were three months ago, right, by the Spirit. And they go, oh, wow, how did you see that? Then I can tell them where they are right now. And then I can tell them where God wants to take them prophetically all in the same moment because God is now in the now and the speed is I can put you there, there, and there all at the same time. Am I helping anybody? That spirit lives on the inside of you. That spirit wants to use you. That spirit wants to manifest through you. That spirit with the word, the spirit and truth wants to do something in the earth right now that befuddles the mind of the natural man. For if they had known, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. But they didn't know. So, are you, give me five minutes. Will you take five minutes with me? Ephesians 6. The armor. Having your feet shod with the gospel, the preparedness of the gospel of peace. So your feet and your feet and your feet I wanted to grab some people on their feet right now. Your feet 
in the armor which is all Jesus are prepared to take the gospel of peace. Say gospel of peace. Isaiah, I think it's 52. He says, I have covenanted with you a covenant of peace. Ezekiel talks about that same covenant. But you haven't got a covenant because a covenant is conditional. You've got an indwelling peace by the Prince of Peace. The peace that passes all understanding is on the inside of you. So when you're in a storm, you don't talk to the storm from your perspective because then you're talking up to the storm. But when you're in the storm, you get into Christ and then you stand in Him and you talk down to the storm because the Prince of Peace is in And you say to what to the storm? Peace. Be still. So when you're in the storm, you can speak to the storm. And the peace of God commands the storm to become. I can feel the anointing in this place. So Romans 10 says, Near to you is the word. In your heart and in your mouth to speak it. And then Paul moving along says, all of a sudden jumps and quotes Isaiah 52. He says, how lovely, how lovely are the feet of him, Timothy, who brings glad tidings of peace. Glad tidings, the gospel, of peace, of salvation. And here's what he says, your God reigns. So Paul jumps back into Isaiah 52. You can't tell me that the Old Testament is irrelevant if Paul jumps back all the way into Isaiah 52 and connects the lovely feet that walk on the mountains, that preach the gospel of glad tidings, prophesied out of Isaiah, now present in us. The gospel of the preparedness, the gospel of peace upon your feet. Are you ready? He says to them, I'm sending you, Jesus, to the disciples. I'm not sending you anywhere else but to the lost, the, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. I'm sending you with a message. Say, say empowered. empowered. Uh, what is it when somebody sends you, they put uh, um, an authority, I'm looking for a word now, upon you, you are, you are sent on a mission, you have been, you have been sent. He said, but when you go into any city, find a house that is worthy. Then when you come to the house, you let your peace, oh man, Rest upon the house. If they receive the peace that you are carrying, stay there for as long as you want, and they will receive you and you preach. But if they do not receive the peace, retract the peace back to you. And when you leave the house, the city, the country, shake the dust off of your feet. And then he goes on to say it will be more blessed for them in the end time than, than for Chorazin, Chorazin and whatever he goes and says stuff because they didn't receive the time of their visitation. Did you get anything this morning? You are carriers of the very irony of God 
That means that where you come, the kingdom of peace comes with you. You have able, you are able, listen to this church, listen, Linda, listen. You are able to bring peace to your country. You are able to bring peace to your government. That's the ranking of the peace I'm talking about. Because Jesus, John 14, he said, My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives peace, I give unto you. You are carriers of the very peace of heaven. Nothing can resist you. When Jesus faces the storm, he says to the storm, Peace, be still. When I face somebody who's demon-possessed, for years now, there's only one way. Peace. I just continue to declare it until the peace rests. The peace manifests. I don't say, what is your name? How many are there of you? All depending on the hardness and the loudness of my voice. I'm joking. Okay. Some people believe that there's something I love to shout. But that's the song major in me. But I'm not shouting for effect. I'm not screaming for anything else. The power and the authority is in the Prince of Peace within me. And when I face a situation, whether it be sickness and disease, whether it be financial backlog, whether it be whatever, all you need to do is let your peace rest in that. Declare peace unto your mountain. Declare peace unto your valley. Declare peace unto your, your neighborhood. Declare the Prince of Peace. And when you bring him in, Is that who I think it is? Is that Titan? Hello, go. How are you? Just like this, I'm money. <laughs> I've wanted to do this for so long. This morning, I bring you peace. Just receive. Peace. Just let it flow. This morning God's doing something for you that only God can do. From this morning you will never be the same again. Peace. Peace. My sister, I know you have to go. I know you have to go. Listen. Peace. <laughs> Sorry, peace. 
you will never ever be the same again I declare peace on the waters this morning I declare peace in your heart you're a toughie you're a strong woman but God wants to bring you his peace right now in Jesus name you've got it En vir die rest van julle, Connie, staan julle as een familie. How many years ago is it that you stepped into our church in Durbanville for the first time? Okay, doesn't matter. We know it's a long time ago. But on that very day, a word came from the Lord. And I spoke a word over you as a family. And it turned your whole world right side up. Today I look at you again. In this church, on this day, the same as that day, but only now. I speak peace upon you. I speak restoration and healing, renewal, that only he can give, Connie. Only he can give it. And he's already desired to place it on the inside of you and speak over the storm. And so this morning, as in them, this will be a life-changing moment. Sean was not out of it when he said, today is going to be a change day. For those who will take it, today is your change day. Hugh, my kinders, my family, my man and fro. God's about to do something. We go way back. But God's going to do something greater than you've ever seen before. Forgive me for taking long this morning, but you'll understand that this morning (laughs) was an awesome day. Amen? Amen. Anybody needs prayer, you're welcome to come afterwards. Come. Come on, let's stand and give God a prayer. Let's stand and praise Him properly. Come on, come on. Let's praise God for the Word. There's a song that says, this is your season. Come on, say it with me. Say, this is my season. This is my my day. day. A fresh anointing. Point at yourself, say, a fresh anointing is coming my way. Say, a season of power and of liberty. Ah, a fresh anointing. Especially for me. me. Amen. Amen. Come on, shout Jesus.